0: But then I think there's always going to be new entrepreneurs out there and creatives that are coming into this field and wanting to, to make a, um, a name for themselves. So I, I, I'm definitely uh, positive about the future.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Joe Vega, and welcome to another Flower Shop Secret Podcast. And today, I'll be speaking with Karine Heck, CEO and founder of Details Flowers. She's going to give us hope for the future of weddings and events in a post-COVID world and how the software she's developed ultimately helps florists do more and earn more. Let's go. So the big question is this, how can small business owners like us in the floral industry overcome the greed of order gatherers and bypass the deceitful games played by wire services? How do we market, sell and deliver flowers online? So we may break free from these antiquated practices and earn our freedom. Those are some of the questions we will answer on this podcast. I'm Joe Vega. Welcome to Flower Shop Secrets. Want to connect with Corinne and Details Flowers? Visit info.detailsflowers.com slash lovingly-podcast and use the code LOVINGLY20 for 20% off a new monthly or annual membership. Hey, Corinne, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. How are you, Joe?
1: I'm doing fine. Thank you for joining me. Uh, First of all, what is Details Flowers and how did it come to be?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, so Details Flowers is a software and we mainly service event florists throughout the United States. Um, We're in a few other countries, but mainly serve the US and Canada. And it is a software that's designed to help you do more and earn more through crafting beautiful proposals and um, all of your contracts that you might send out for weddings and special events. It also stores any recipes that you might do and has some really great drag and drop functionality to help you price and be more profitable. And it came to be um, because I was an event florist for 12, almost 13 years in Central Florida and really struggled with a lot of those components and searched and searched for a proper functioning software that would uh, combine all the aspects of this crazy job and couldn't find one. So I spent a bunch of years uh, developing it after I would say a good R and D period in my own business, and uh, we launched in 2015, and we're now serving hundreds and hundreds of florists, and and couldn't be more proud. But um, yeah, it's it's a, a great tool and a resource to
1: uh,
0: streamline things for people in that area of the floral industry.
1: That's fantastic. So you were an event florist for 12, 13 years, then.
0: Yeah, I can't really keep track now. I keep every time I give an interview, it's like I've added more ears on. So, like, <laughs> and the longer the dates get further away, I can't really recall. But I did have to finally put that part of my business to bed, so to speak, and uh, just focus solely on the software. So, uh, we did that about three years ago. I transitioned from not serving wedding clients anymore, which was a really tough transition for all my customers because they would, they're still calling me now and like, please. But um, yeah, we're totally focused on that. But yeah, it was a, a really great run and um, learned a lot. And now we teach a lot about that side of the business.
1: And just to go back a little bit, how did you become a wedding florist or a wedding and events florist? Like what, what got you, uh, how did you get started in the floor industry?
0: Yeah, I uh, my family actually owns nurseries in Apopka, Florida. So I grew up in, um, we sold uh, dish gardens basically to florists throughout the country. So I never grew up wanting to be a florist. I actually wanted to be as far away from the plant business because it did not seem glamorous at all. And then um, in college, I was, um, it, for my sorority and Olive of Panhellenic at the University of Florida, I became their events chair. So I hosted all the events and just found I loved it. And then once I got out of college, I started working for a florist and then an import company um, selling boxes of flowers. And it just wasn't glamorous enough for me. Like I really wanted to be where the events were. So I uh, went to a bridal show. I made a bunch of bouquets and got a book of business. And then I was on my way. So I opened a small boutique after that and was basically learning as I was going because there wasn't a manual. So I just was creating my own little world. But yeah, it became wildly successful in the Daytona Beach area, which is a huge destination market for um, weddings coming, uh, people coming from out of town just to host their weddings at the beach. And yeah, it just got going from there, but definitely had a lot of great friends who um, helped mature me through the process of learning the ins and outs.
1: You mentioned you you went through an extensive R&D process. Can you tell me what that's like? Because For me, that's, that's my favorite part of after like, I do a lot of things, but that is my favorite part. So I would like to hear from you. What was that process like for you?
0: Well, um, I think the research and development part was more participating in over 800 weddings and special events. So learning like everything that needed to be included in my contract, you know, you you get burned a few times and then you learn your lesson. So um, that was a great place for research and development. And then um, once we got started, uh, we really had to interview our florists because I realized that not everybody was selling events the same way as I was. So, you know, initially it started as just components that I found necessary, but then once we started working with people, we would find that they would do something so entirely different, and that we had never even thought about. So had to start bringing in other people's um, opinions and so forth. But um, I would say that part of research and development, like on what our software should include, but then we also did research on like the market, um, meeting people, going to events, just kind of learning the entire industry and realizing that it's massive, massively complicated. And so we're always in the business, I think of research and development I'm just going to places, learning more, not only about our customers, but also about um, different potential partners and how they they relate to all of the, the people in the business.
1: Yeah, you learn a lot through that process. Did anything surprise you as you were going through that process yourself?
0: I was surprised by how many people, um, how how the industry has shrunk in the last several years from what it was and um getting into this you know I thought there was a lot of more customers and I think that there were but I the the supermarkets have definitely taken a large chunk of our like business so I've seen um just kind of understanding how uh products are imported into the country too has been a really uh, eye-opening uh, thing, you know, to to work in the import side and see how much product is coming in daily and having that process of, you know, going through um, customs just to make it to the florist's hands. Uh, I, I've learned a lot. And so it's really hard right. to um, kind of piecemeal that together for people to understand. Because I think when people are just getting started in the industry or even consumers, they don't really know where product is coming from. And so to learn, you know, for an event, you might have 50 different products that are coming from, you know, 30 different countries. So getting all those pieces collaborated at the same time has been interesting.
1: Okay. You mentioned supermarkets. They play, how, how do supermarkets play a role?
0: Oh, well, I feel like they have, um, you know, kind of diminished the everyday florist business in in a way, because you can easily go into any grocery store and, and buy that. So I was just saying that the industry has kind of shrunk from even when I started in it 12 years ago, you know, um, 13 years ago, uh, there were a lot more florists. And I feel like since a lot of grocers are introducing more bouquets, it's made our part of the business that much um harder. And right. so we really have to be price competitive, but also smarter in our buying habits and where we get our products. So that has been something we really just try to to help or or teach.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Ever since the supermarkets got involved, I mean the industry has shrunk, uh, in terms of local florists. And yeah. they do have a huge sort of, you know, they have a lot of buying power as, you know as their big organizations. Um, yes, absolutely. And they do, they definitely affect the everyday orders, but do, do they also affect the weddings and events uh, business? We
0: haven't seen that. I mean, I think there are certain um, larger grocers in say like Texas that are getting into that field of like, I think HEB does a lot of weddings. Um, so I haven't seen that here in Florida mm-hmm. so much. But I definitely know that, especially with this pandemic, they have with the events not happening, um, retail florists or event florists have been moving into that retail sector. So they're definitely trying to get their foot back in that door. And I think it's our role to help convince consumers to support local florists just because they're needing that extra hand, you know?
1: Awesome, so let's switch things up a little bit. Like, why do florists enjoy details? Why Why do they enjoy your software? What do you hear the most?
0: Um, I think that they enjoy it because the brides on the other end receive the proposals so well and they sign the contracts so fast. And um, just that price comfortability that you can have all of your products that you like outlined and what your markups should be, because I think that the math component in this industry moves so fast. There's so many different components to consider, and it just is really helpful in like uh, calculations and knowing where you should be margin-wise and uh, just the, the collateral that you get when you finish designing in details, which you can do in, in you know, minutes is top notch. And so it's a, it's a contract that sells.
1: So what, you know, besides the business being successful and, you know, having financial success as well, what do you enjoy the most about having a business?
0: I love my employees. I love having people on my team that are as committed and invested in what we're doing. Like that to me is is so beautiful. Uh, That part has been really rewarding. And um, and we're still small, but I feel like everybody feels um, like they're treasured and they have a specific role and they know what that is. So there's great accountability. And then I love seeing um, people win contracts and I love those thankful people who are just like, wow, thank you so much because it did take like a long time. Like when there's nothing there, you know, we get, um, you know, there's a few people that complain probably almost daily and it's usually the same five people, but they're really loud and, um, kind of uncomfortable like i'm like oh it's like the bride you wish you didn't book like you know (laughs) and you get these people and but they teach you so much about where you need to go so um even those people i'm thankful for because they've really helped us make the software better but i really enjoy the people who are thankful and live from that place so when they are thankful like that makes me say okay this was all worth it
1: yeah uh, that could be a tricky spot because you know, uh, for them, this is not a job; this is their livelihood, right? So every little thing matters, and is magnified when something doesn't work out as they expect it to work out. It's yeah. it's not just oh, it's a mistake; let's fix it. It's more like what is going on? Like this is not how it's supposed to be, and it's yeah, it could be challenging sometimes.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, getting into the coding world, and I'm so thankful to have such brilliant minds working on our software but you know, things people think are easy fixes or easy solutions and it seems so like simple to them. They don't realize that for everything we add or remove that we have so many users to consider and what is this going to impact them? And you know, so to add like a modal to have like a button where you can turn something off or on maybe if you don't want it there or you do want it there is uh, not always the easiest solution for the people making it. So I feel like there needs to be a bit of understanding um, on the part of like even our customers, like understanding what we're doing and how complicated all of this is and that we don't wanna disrupt their their work too much. And um, we really do a good job of, I think, um, giving our users all of the tools that we create. Like we don't make them buy one piece or another. Like if we make it and they're a customer, like they get it. I, um, I think that sometimes, uh, they don't really notice how it's expanded or we've made so much more that they have, we haven't asked them for fees on either. So, but the demands keep coming of what they want. So it's like, okay, well, remember what you had when you signed up. So it's a lot better now. And, um, I, I don't know. Those kind of things are just, I think, growing pains and things we just have to realize how to talk to people. To our customers, or communicate things, so we really try to be an open book and honest about where we're going, or or how we intended for this to function. Maybe it's not the way you envision it to be, but then, you know, you could go write a software as well. <laughs> no, <so. laughs> it's like mom's dinner. To oh, so.
1: Yeah, listen, I I I couldn't agree with you more on on. It's not just about building this one thing. You know, a lot of times people don't realize not only how complicated it is, but the fact that there's, a, if you create something, it's going to affect something else. And they don't yeah. consider that something else. As an example, if let's say, a, a, you know, a, um, a customer of theirs, two or three customers of theirs has for a particular feature. Um, they call you up and they're like, hey, can you build this feature? My customers need it. But they may not realize that by building this feature would interfere with something that's actually already working flawlessly, that 97% of the people want it that way. So they don't, I feel like they don't consider that 97 because it's kind of invisible. It's kind of, it's hard to blame them because they don't see it. And, and that's what, but that's what we have, like, for example, like uh, analytics, for mm-hmm. example, we make, do you make decisions based on data and analytics?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We look at almost everything that our, our users are doing or how they're interacting. And then we log every feature request. And so um, we actually have that set up by like pages so we can see all the features that were requested on this page. And when we develop or add new features, we we only work on one section at a time, like to, to not uh, and we try to check off all the things that were requested. So when we do something, you know, we take everybody's input into that. And usually we do deliver. Um, There's nothing that we really will ever say no to. But um, we also found that when we started in this, that we wanted to do things a little different. And um, the way florists have calculated their their pricing and how they should charge for recipes is like like so complicated, so complicated. And we've really simplified it. And I think there's a lot of people uh, who appreciate that and some that still want to do it the old way. And um, they can't quite... Um, consider our new way that we're we're doing it so it's um it's a it's a fine line where you can only make some of the people happy
1: you know some of the time
0: some of the time and but most of our customers are are raving about us and you know we do track their activity level we can tell if someone isn't using the site if they're um and we consider those high risk and so we do try to put more educational information because we do want users who are in there every day working on their events you know collecting payments from their customers um, these are all signs that their business is healthy so we try to make content um, to help them along too
1: that's fantastic so what are some of the newly added features you've added lately
0: there was probably 20 new features that we added this last year and of course my mind is going blank i'm really only focused on what we're doing like now but um we have recently added something called collections so this is where um, people can make any type of collection they might want maybe they want a color collection or a trend collection but basically it's just different folders that they can house all of their blooms and items and so they can easily upload all of those to an event so if you were doing say a halloween inspired event you might just go into your halloween folder grab all those items there and add them to design contract and voila you have a beautiful halloween designed wedding in a matter of minutes so it's um pretty exciting what you can do with it and our users always just blow me away with the way the creative ways and things that they come up with on how they're they're doing that so that is one of our um our newest features that is really really cool and also um templates so people can create a whole event and they can just save it as a template and use it again and again. And um, I mean, it's pretty fabulous, you know, as far as you, you know, designing a wedding in Excel, you almost can't save that as an exact uh, replication sometimes. So uh, we tried to think of the ways that we can save people time.
1: In your space, has there been any new players into the market since you started?
0: You know, we only have, I think, really one competitor. And so that I think is, um, you know, I don't think it will will stay that way forever because I think people will see there's things lacking. But I also know how complicated the side of the business is and that um, there are a lot of people in the space that haven't wanted to even dip their toe in the water as far as eventing and how to get all those pieces together. But I would have to say as far as um, our competitor goes, I think that we're more floral centric, and that we're really focused on the floral industry. And I think that they're more into servicing any kind of event professional, which you know can be easily big distractions when a catering company is asking you for something, or you know a DJ company is asking you for something. And we're only listening to our florists, so I think that's a good thing.
1: So w- would you say that um, florists should sign definitely sign up? with you because you laser focus on them.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's, um, necessary. Like when I first started my event business, you know, I wanted to do it all and I wanted to be a wedding planner and I was like, Oh, I'll handle the invitations and I'll do all of this. But you realize that you can't be good at everything. And, um, that's why I've really made it a mission to focus on the floral industry, having worked on the import side and seeing how disconnected a lot of our wholesalers were to our, um, customers and, and even beyond that, our farms. So we have um, really gone ab- above to have our farms connected um, with our florists. And so people can actually see what products are being grown or what's available or what is new and coming up. So I think that that is really exciting and definitely where the next year is going to bring us.
1: Great. So you, you, you work with florists, but you also work with um, wholesalers or farmers, correct?
0: Yeah. Can you, you talk
1: about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so uh, Details was designed so that we can house any type of catalog of sorts of products. And so we have different representations from um, Ball, which is a breeder. So any product that uh, Ball breeds is on our site. And so when our florist use that product, Um, they get those specific varieties so they know exactly what to ask their wholesaler for. But it's really interesting for Ball because they can see what products are trending or what months are these products going to be most um, sought after or most used? What should they plant more of? What should they sell more seeds of? Um, So all of those products, we have Alexandra Farms on there, all their garden roses. You know, when you're selling a wedding, you want to sell... um, Uh, You're usually very color specific, but you would like to see, oh my gosh, there's 40 different varieties of different garden roses and I want that one. So if you have the intention of what you're looking for, not only are you getting the name right, but you're also able to like communicate that to your suppliers in a, in a more robust like way. So yeah, we have all of Um, lots of different products we've got Alaska peony growers on there and we added a new wholesaler and we haven't started marketing for them but all their products are online right now so
1: so details flowers uh, behaves more like a platform right you talk to both sides and you allow both sides to talk to each other and they conduct business there is that right
0: yep yep that's I mean that's what my big vision was because you know when you're planning an event and you need 30 different products it's sometimes hard to know where to get that and where do you keep that information? So now you can log in and check off this rose. Oh yes, I got that rose from this supplier. This is how much I spent for it. Okay, I know if I send out this proposal that I'm priced right and that that is a variety I can get at that month of the year. So, it's really like a database that houses any information that you might want on your inventory. You know, accent decor's inventory. We we have a a connection with them where their inventory is updated nightly on our site so if you're going to look at a certain votive you can check their inventory to see if it's available even before you sell it which i think is so vital we get into this thing where we're selling to our clients a certain look and then when you go to buy it you're like oh crap i can't get any of that product because it's not available how did i not know this so like these issues that i was faced with in my daily business of research and development are part of the tools and functionality that we've added um, specifically for event florists.
1: Okay, so let's say I'm, I'm a florist, I have details, flowers, and I'm um, I'm with a bride and I want to, and she's looking to get married sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, could I look what kind of, what type of flowers are gonna be available during the time which the wedding's gonna happen?
0: Yeah. So we can either, you can either sit with your brides and use our software during your consultation. Um, we have a privacy mode so that they can't see any costs or any things that you wouldn't want them to see. Uh, Cause there's been a lot of our customers that have been doing these virtual meetings over zoom. So it's really fun to share the details screen. Um, it's really a beautiful platform. So if you, um, and it was designed specifically that way, because I think that Florists are very visual and very creative and they want to look at something that is beautiful all day long rather than a DOS. So yeah, you could sit with your bride, drag and drop some blooms in. Oh, is that bouquet too expensive? Okay, well rather than garden rose, let's use, you know, Colombian roses and you can see how the prices change just by selecting different blooms. And you know, we don't say to our florists to build a whole bouquet, but you could come up with budgets and set designs, pick some flowers, pick a color palette present them with a beautiful proposal at the end. And our goal um, through our executive summary is that you, at the end of that consultation, will walk away with a retainer uh, holding in that date, and then you can create the rest of the event in the in the next few months. But our brides, um, once they see that proposal, man, they wanna just share it with all their friends. So we try to convince our florists not to give the bride the copy of the design plans until they get that retainer, so they get that booked. But you know the bride will pay a pretty penny to get that get that design to show her all her her girlfriends. So it's um, it's just a great sales tool. I have to say.
1: So you 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 build the florist side first, and then you notice through R and D uh, that there was a, a need to connect them to the wholesalers. Uh, how long did it take you to realize that? At what point did you make that first connection?
0: Um actually that was the first connection I made. So the, um, I worked on the import side for a number of years, selling boxes of flowers to uh, wholesalers. And through that process of uh, selling for an import company, I was always angry at my buyer because my buyer never brought the right color of product in like they would bring in yellow and everybody that was calling me was asking for purple. And I would say, How did you not know that we were going to need purple more purple because I worked off a commission and I thought, if you would have brought in more purple like hey we'd all be happier. And um, they said well no one knows, and it just suddenly clicked with me. The moment I started doing weddings that for the first couple years of doing weddings I really flew by the seat of my pants I didn't know what I was going to need to order when I sold an event and through a lot of mistakes i realized i had to be more granular so i had to know all the product that i was going to need for that event in the moment that i sold the event and i had to know what i was going to pay for it and um once i had that wedding all done in the moment i met with a bride i realized if i could get other people to use a software where they were doing it the same then it would hugely benefit the other side because we would have that order, say in January for a wedding in October, and that was the information that I needed as a as a salesperson of selling boxes of flowers. Did I make that?
1: Yes, that made yeah you yeah. you connected like, that perfectly. It was that was great.
0: Yeah, so I was almost like I saw that that was a problem on the wholesale side uh, because I wasn't maximizing those sales. Like I was missing out on sales simply by not having the right product in house that day. And then, um, yeah, once I became a florist, it was like, well, I can't make money if I don't, uh, don't know what I'm going to be selling or, you know, people send you this picture. What is this going to cost? It's like, heck, I don't know. I have to make one to see how much product I'm going to use. Then I have to calculate how much that product costs, how much am I going to cost to get it? And those things were just so it's such a complicated job that I feel like we've made it a no brainer.
1: That's fantastic. You mentioned <laughs> that you you mentioned that uh, a lot of florists are having Zoom calls. I think the the whole world is having a lot more Zoom calls, right? Yes. How has COVID impacted your business?
0: Goodness. Um so you know, I was actually in DC when COVID struck and they shut everything down and it was I came back to Florida and was like okay well we need to get our whole team remote you know we have an office here and that was like a big challenge just to you know how was i going to redirect the phones and you know we had to go and get a, a bunch of new apps and you know really uh change our business almost overnight in the way that we were operating but without um like we are available to our florists nine to five every day monday through friday so at no time did we ever um disrupt that type of service. If anybody had questions, they were able to meet us. And I think what we realized is um, we had to provide our customers with more content on how they were going to do their business better. And not that we could, um, we created more videos for them on how to use almost every aspect of our software, wherever they had questions. We had all this online and found that that was a really useful time because a lot of people wanted to spend the time at home or when they weren't doing anything enhancing or learning new skills. And so we really had to come at full speed to bring those, you know, teaching time to our customers. So I, I would say that's how we pivoted the most, but it was, it was really kind of healthy for us too um, to go through that experience.
1: So how, how has COVID, you know, have you heard from your experience in terms of like the wedding industry? How, how do you think it's affecting it?
0: Oh, gosh, I think it's impacted enormously. I think it's, we've really taken a big hit. Um, we've seen a lot of, of our customers having to close their doors. So that is really unfortunate and uh, really, you know, kind of is, is very sad. Um, we definitely early on knew we had to evaluate our business differently, given those circumstances and say, okay, a customer that's here now might not be here in the future. So we really had to focus in on our cash flow, our cash flow projections. You know, we're subscription based. So if and you know, if people cancel their subscription, they're gone, you know. So what do we do there? But um wow, it's been really tough and it's been really great to see that there are certain states that are opening back up and getting events happening because that's our our bread and butter. Like our our florist bread and butter too. Like they uh they are event for us. They do not want to be like full on retail. They want to, you know, have their business the way they want their business and not, you know, necessarily open to the public. So, um, it's been certainly a challenge just to see how they've maneuvered. And, uh, initially we only had one contract template that they could create. And then, um, we found that that was just not going to be the case. Like they needed, a variety of different templates that they could use for their contracts depending on the circumstance so that was a really um addition that we added this year in a couple of weeks just by all these people saying hey i need this to be in here for this bride i need this to say this for this bride and now they can um you know write any kind of template contract they want as far as terms go and attach those for different unique customers
1: so is there hope for the future despite a drastic change?
0: I think there's definitely hope for the future. Uh, we have seen, a this is our biggest January as far as like seeing what our florists are selling through the system, like as far as contracts go. So we can see from those stats that business is definitely picking up. Um, and so that is a kind of a relief uh, to see because it definitely, you know, April declined. May declined. June was like really down. July was down. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden towards the end of the year, we see a little bit going stronger. So I think that, you know, there may be less customers, just like with the supermarket shrinkage, there might be less when we fully come out of this. Um, And I think the florists that are left will be really, really strong and getting a lot of business. So I think that those ones will be uh, waving the blue ribbon like hey, here, we made it out of this alive. But then I think there's always going to be new entrepreneurs out there and creatives that are coming into this field and wanting to to make a, um, a name for themselves. So I, I, I'm definitely uh, positive about the future.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm definitely optimistic about it. Corrine Heck from Details Flowers, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: You're very welcome. Thank it's you for a, having me, Joe.
1: It's been a pleasure. This has been really fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always love to get to know more about you. And I think you guys are doing such a great job over there. So happy to be uh, flower friends in the industry. And anytime uh, we can do anything, let me know.
1: Thank you. We want to help your business bloom. Follow for more episodes of Flower Shop Secrets streaming now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more.